Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Venture Church. Hey, look, one more time across all of our campuses, online, at home, wherever you are, can we just give it up and celebrate our worship and production team? Man, just out here killing the game, doing an incredible job. I don't know about you, but I, like I've had to just kind of stand off to the side and just, just get in my feels a little bit and let it go because God's been so good already. Um, hey, look, welcome wherever you are across South Mississippi, from Gulfport to Laurel, wherever you're worshiping with us, all across the world with Church Online. We are so thankful that you're here, that you chose to worship with us today. Today, we're going to be wrapping up our series that we've been in for the past several weeks called Unsung Heroes, talking about ordinary people who have done extraordinary things. And I'll tell you this, for me personally, this has been a very, very timely series, right? It's been a series that's been really good for me to hear in this particular season because one of the themes, one of the truths that we've heard each and every week, no matter who we're talking about, whether we're talking about an Old Testament harlot or a a New Testament religious leader, one of the truths we've been reminded of is that it doesn't take significant actions to have significant results, right? That, that ordinary moments, and this is important because ordinary moments is where most of us live, that ordinary moments can have extraordinary impact. I think about a rock and like a body of water, right? A, a lake. Now you've seen this, you've heard this, you, you get this word picture, you take a, a little bitty rock and you look at a, a body of water and you think there's no way that this rock changes that body of water, right? There's no way this rock changes that lake. But when you take that rock and you throw it off in the water, just one little from that rock, that one little splash, sends ripple effects all across the surface of the water, right? And, and in the end, that, uh, that, that lake, that body of water is forever changed because that one little boop, right there in the middle. Doesn't seem like a big moment. It doesn't seem like a significant action, but it can have significant results. I think the same is true for our lives a lot of times. Because when we look at the world around us, when we look at the communities we live in, when we look at the people that we're connected to, and we see the pain, and we see the hurt, and we see the heartache, and the heartbreak, and we see the destruction, and we see sin, and we see addiction, and we see brokenness. I mean, honestly, I don't know how we don't ask the question how can I make a difference with this? I mean, I, like, I, I don't know how many times I've asked myself that question in the past weeks, in the past months. Like, wh- where do I even begin? What do I do? How, how do I make a difference? How, how do I have an impact? How do I, have a ch- how do I, how do I address change in all of this? What, what can I do? And sadly, I think that, that for a lot of us, I, I know I'll say this is certainly true for my life, that I've settled far too many times on the answer of, well, listen, if, if I feel like I can't do enough, I just won't do anything. If I don't know where to start, then, then I just won't begin at all. But the narrative of God's word, and this is what we're going to see, and this is what we've seen throughout this series, is that we don't have to have a major impact. We don't have to have a huge stage. We don't have to have thousands of followers. We don't have to have a loud microphone in order to make an impact, in order to make a difference, right? But it's the little It's the little moments. It's the everyday moments. It's what feels insignificant in the moment, in the time that has significant results. And so this morning, I want to show you 
Um, a, a guy in, in Scripture that, man, I absolutely love. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, honestly. I love his story. His name's Andrew. John chapter 1 is where we're going to be. John chapter 1, we'll start in verse 35. Maybe you know Andrew. Maybe you've, well, you don't know him, but maybe you've heard of him. Um, Andrew is one of the 12 disciples, and so he is kind of in that, that unique group, that special group of people, right? But in his time, in the time of the New Testament, Andrew's not a big deal at all. And one of the reasons I love Andrew's story is because the theme that we see over his life is the same thing we've been talking about, that, that the ordinary moments, the ordinary moments that you and I live in, those ordinary moments can really have extraordinary effects, can have extraordinary results, simple moments. So Andrew, um, <clears throat> Andrew is only mentioned in the New Testament only three times. Only three times is he recorded as being a, a a participant in a story, right? Actually saying something or doing something that's, that's worth noting. And John, by the way, the, the writer of John's gospel tells us all three of those, but here's what's important. Here's what I want you to see. Every single time that Andrew's name is mentioned in the Bible, it's written the exact same way. Andrew, comma, Simon Peter's brother, comma. That's how Andrew was known. Andrew wasn't known for what he could do, what he had done, what he had not done. Andrew was not known for his talents, his abilities, his resources, the job he had, what he did on social media, the followers he had, the the influence he had. Andrew wasn't known for any of that. Andrew was known for one reason, because he was connected to that guy. And everybody knew that guy. Everybody knew his brother. Everybody knew Peter. He was the guy who was, who was like the, the leader of the 12 outside of Jesus, right? He was the one who became one of the most influential church leaders in all of the New Testament. He was the one, when he spoke, people listened. Everybody knew Peter. Andrew, he was just that guy's little brother. Maybe you've been here. Maybe you've been in the season. Maybe you are in the season where you feel like, man, the only thing the world knows you by is circumstances beyond your control. Or what the world knows you by is the last thing you want the world to know you by. Or what the, the last thing you want the world to remember you by. That you're not known by, by what you can do or, or your, your abilities or your talents, but just because of who you're related to. Or maybe, maybe it's even more difficult for you. Maybe the thing that you're known by is, is decisions or mistakes you've made in the past. Oh yeah, that's just Kyle. Yeah, 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 you remember him. You, you know, he, he did that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, he, his... Yeah, he was the one that got divorced a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who, who, who did this, who, who left that, who, who made that. And, and, and you feel like you're never going to be able to get past that thing. And that's all the world is ever going to know you by is that moment, that decision, that person. Never who you really are. For Andrew, he was that guy. Just remembered not for what he could do or what he had done, but for who he was connected to. And while the world and while the culture around him would have convinced Andrew, and it still tells us that Andrew was insignificant, that Andrew brought nothing to the table, eternity tells us that Andrew had an incredible impact. You know, honestly, I really do believe that, that, that for a lot of us today, and maybe, maybe it's not a lot, maybe it's just one of you, and if it is just one, then, then it's worth it. But somebody, man, somebody is here today because you just need to hear this truth. You need to hear that it's, it's time for you to quit living by how the world has defined you, by what the world has said about you. And it's time that you start living by, by the truth that God has spoken over your life. Because listen, the world is always going to tell you that you're insignificant. 
The world is always going to tell you that you can't do enough. The world is always going to tell you that you don't have a good enough job. You don't have enough money. You don't come from a good enough background. You're not from the right community or the right state. You don't have the right skin color. The world is always going to tell you you don't have a loud enough microphone to make a difference. The world is always going to tell you that you can't make a difference, and so why even start? But God's got a different word for you. Because God's word that he's speaking over your life, that he has already spoken over your life, is that you are his. That you are a child of the one true king. That you are heirs to the creator and the sustainer of the universe. That, that the one who literally holds life in his hands looks at you and says, I care about you. You're important. You're significant to me. And you can be somebody's hero. That's what God is speaking over us. And so before I get too far down uh, that rant, let me, let me get back to Andrew's story. John chapter 1, verse 35 is where we see the first mention of, of Andrew. Here's what it says. Verse 35 says, The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. This John, by the way, is not the John who wrote this gospel. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a, a rabbi. He was a teacher. He was someone who, who went before Jesus. We know him as like the forerunner. He was the one who was teaching around, who was saying, hey, y'all get ready for Jesus, get ready for this guy who's coming after me. And so because of that, he had some students, he had some followers, Andrew was one of them. We'll see that in just a minute. He's one of the two standing here with John. Verse 36, and he looked, and he saw Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, look, pay attention, there he is, there's the Lamb of God. That's the one I've been telling you about. So the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed after Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? What do you want? And so they answered, Andrew's one of these guys, he answers, Rabbi or, or teacher, where are you staying? Can we come stay with you? Can we, can we spend some time with you? Can we learn from you? You know, I find this interesting that this is the question Jesus, Jesus really settles in on in this moment, right? Of all the things that could have been said. Because you think about this scene and how crazy it must have been. Like you got John, who, who John, by the way, we won't get into his background. He was a crazy character to begin with. But you got John and a couple of his students, they're hanging out. They see Jesus kind of walking across the way there. And John points him out, hey, there he is. That's the guy I've been telling you. You need to pay attention to him. Go, Luke, you need to learn from him. That's the Lamb of God. That means that, that's the one who's going to sacrifice. That's the one who's going to take your sins away. That's the one who's going to give you eternal rescue and forgiveness. And so they go running after this guy. I never met him before. They go running after this guy just because John told him, hey, you need to pay attention to him. So they go running after him. Jesus turns around and he sees these two guys chasing him down the road. And he turns around and he asks them this question, what is it that you're seeking? What are you looking for in life? Like, why, why are you here? Why are you watching today? Is it because you, you're looking for some, some sense of encouragement? Is it because you're looking for some sense of hope? Why are you here? Is it because you're, you're looking for a sense of forgiveness from some decisions that you have made or you are making to maybe feel a little bit better about where you are in life? Really, like, what are you looking for in life? Why do you keep going back to that job that you're absolutely miserable in? Is it just because you're looking for a sense of financial freedom? Is it just because you're looking for some sense of security? And what your bank account says about your future? Why do you keep going back to that toxic relationship? Why do you keep going back to that addiction that's broken so much in your life? Is it because you're just looking for, for some sense of connection? Is it because you're looking for some sense of acceptance or some sense of wholeness? 
Why do you fight so hard to, to portray this false picture of who you are on social media? Why do you fight so hard for so many followers? Is it because you're looking for some kind of clout? You're looking for, for some, a, a bigger stage or a bigger voice? Like, what is it that you're looking for? And truthfully, I don't know that Andrew knew the answer to that question either. Because, it, because Andrew went after the Lamb of God, right? That's what John sent him after. There's the one who's going to take away your sins. He's the one who's going to sacrifice for you. So he goes running after him. But when he gets to Jesus and he's asked, what is it that you're looking for? His response isn't, I need forgiveness. His response isn't, I want the Lamb of God that John told me about. His response is, I'm looking for a teacher. Can you show me? I feel ill-equipped. Can you just, can I spend some time with you so I feel like I know a little bit more? See, I don't think Andrew really knew what it was that he was looking for. And ultimately, we'll see. He walks away from this interaction with a totally different understanding of Jesus. But what's important here isn't necessarily what Andrew's looking for. And honestly, truthfully, I don't know that what's important is what you and I are looking for right now in this moment. What's important is the response of Jesus here. Because verse 39, Jesus simply says to them, well, come on. You're looking for a teacher? You want to know where I'm staying? Come on. Come on and you'll see. Come on and I'll show you. And so Andrew and the other disciple, they went and they stayed with Jesus. They actually spent the day with Jesus because it was late in the afternoon. Jesus invites them in and says, hey, look, you want to know? Hey, look, you're looking for forgiveness. You're looking for a teacher. Whatever it is, I don't really care. Come on. Come on. I'll show you. Come on. You can stay with me. Come on. I will show you what it is that you're looking for. See, the invitation of Jesus is always, no matter what we're looking for, the invitation of Jesus, I believe this, is always, hey, come on in. He is always inviting us in to find whatever it is that we're looking for. But we need to be careful with this invitation because I believe that when we have this interaction, we're always going to find more than we're looking for. No matter what it is that you're looking for, hey, Jesus is inviting you and he's inviting you into a relationship. He's inviting you into his presence. He's telling you, come on in because I got it for you. Whatever you're looking for, I got it for you. But I got more for you too. For Andrew, I think this is kind of like the, the burning bush moment in the Old Testament. You know what I'm talking about? Where, where Moses, in the book of Exodus, Moses is in front of a burning bush. It's, it's the presence of God, and God is telling Moses in this moment, hey, you need to go to Pharaoh, and you need to tell him, let my people go. And so Moses is like, okay, but, but who do I tell him is sending me? Who are you? Like, I can't go to Pharaoh and say, look, this bush caught on fire, but it didn't really burn up, and it told me. I, like, who, who is sending me? And God says, you tell him I am is sending you. I am, I am. I am strength. I am hope. I am courage. I am whatever you need in this moment. You need direction, I am that. You need faith in this moment, I am that. You need answers, I am that. Come on, I am that. You tell them I am. I got whatever you need. For Jesus and Andrew in this moment, that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, whatever it is that you're looking for, come on, because I got it for you. You're looking for acceptance? Come on, I got it for you. I'll connect you with a body that loves you, with a family like you've never had before. Come on, you need, you need hope, you need grace, you need love, you need forgiveness? Come on, I got you. I got people that will speak that into your life. Come on. Come on, I'm inviting you into a relationship. You need, you need direction, you need faith, you need boldness. Come on, come on in. Just come on, I got you. Whatever you need, I got you. But we need to know before we take up this invitation that there's more that we'll find than what we're looking for. Because when, G when, when Andrew spends this day with Jesus, he walks away totally different. 
And listen, it should always be the same of us. Anytime we have an interaction with God, anytime we have an interaction with the presence of Jesus, man, we should always leave different. And for Andrew, he leaves this moment with purpose. He went looking for a teacher. He went looking for forgiveness. Who knows what he went looking for? But what he walked away with was purpose. Because in his presence, in the presence of Jesus, there's always purpose, right? And I think ultimately, man, that's what we're all looking for is purpose. What do I do here? How do I fit in this situation? How do I belong? How do I make a difference? Where's my place? We're talking about purpose and all of that, right? What's my purpose? Jesus says, come on. You want hope? I got it. I'm going to give you purpose too. You want forgiveness? Come on. I got it. I'm going to give you a purpose too. You need courage? Come on. I got it. But I'm going to set your life on a track for purpose as well because I got a plan for your life. Now, before you kind of feel like what I'm trying to hint at is that, that anytime you, you have this interaction with Jesus, anytime you have kind of one of these, these butterfly moments, you know, like, oh, God is moving in this song, that, that what I'm telling you is your purpose is ultimately to walk away and, you know, sell everything you have and, and move out of country. That's not what I'm saying. By the way, here at Venture Church, what we would tell you is that your purpose and our purpose, our purpose is, is all the same, right? God has given us this purpose to do whatever it takes to lead just one more person, do whatever it takes short of sin to just lead one more person to know, love, and follow Jesus. That's what we're after. That's what we're pursuing. That's what we're living for. That, that's what guides everything we do to reach that person that we live beside, to reach the person we work with, to reach that person that God has connected us with. Just one more to know, love, and follow Jesus. So let me show you how this plays out in Andrew's life. Verse uh, 41 <clears throat> It says that he, being Andrew, he first found his own brother Simon. Okay, now hang with me right here for just one minute because I want to kind of unpack this a little bit. Because we read that sentence, we read that line, and it might not feel like it's that big of a deal. It's just, just, just some insignificant words, right? But there's power in these words. A lot like our lives and our moments might feel insignificant. Man, there, there's some truth here we need to know. It says that he first found. The word first there tells us that, that with Andrew, there was zero hesitation. There was no hesitation in his purpose. He knew exactly what God had set him out to do. He knew exactly what he had to do. We know exactly the purpose that God has laid out in front of us, right? We just said it to lead one more person to know, love, and follow him. That's our purpose. And for Andrew, there was no hesitation in it. There was no waiting. There was no pass, go, collect $200. There was no waiting till my job got right. There was no waiting till I got more money in my bank account. There was no waiting till I fixed that relationship. No, no, no. I've got to go now because what Jesus has just done in my life, I can't keep to myself. No hesitation. It says that he first found his brother. I love that word found there because it, it tells us that there was intentionality in what Andrew was doing. That he took the steps in the moment to go and find his... Listen, confession, so many times in my life I've fallen back on this idea of, God, you know, if you'll just bring them to me. God, here I am. You know where I am. God, you know I love you. If you'll just bring that person to me, let them ask me that question, I'll answer for you. I'll be bold then. You know, if you'll initiate the conversation, if they'll initiate, I'll be bold then, God. If you'll just make every circumstance right and perfect, God, then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about you. I'll share my faith. I'll share my story. But for Andrew, no, no, no. There was no sitting back and waiting. There was no sticking his hands in his pocket and waiting for everything to be perfect. He went and found. He took the steps to go and seek after his brother. This is he first found his own brother, Simon. This is interesting because, like, thinking about putting myself in Andrew's place, I would think that, man, if I had this experience that 
Peter Hatton, that my brother Hatton, because I've been living in his shadow for, for my entire life, and now all of a sudden I know something he doesn't know, I think I'd be tempted to kind of hang on to it for a minute, right? And kind of lord it over him. But it says that he first found, the very first thing he did was he went to his brother, wise brother, because his brother was someone he cared about, someone he loved. It was a relationship that he had that was important to him. Listen, you want to change the community around you and change the world we live in? It starts by caring about the people around us. It starts by loving the people around us and showing them that we care. Man, when we build that relationship, when we begin to care for people and we show them that we care, well, that's what opens the door then for our faith to be shared. It says that he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. This is, this is hope. That's what Messiah means here, the one, sent, the one promised from God. And so he's saying we found the, pro- the promise has been fulfilled by God. There's hope. Verse 42 says that Andrew brought his brother. He brought him to Jesus. And so the one, the man who started out not knowing what he wanted, became the man who knew exactly where to go, to his Savior. Church, listen, the most important thing we can ever do in life is simply point someone to a Savior who loves them. We can have a lot of conversations. We can have a lot of debates. We can wage a lot of wars. But the best thing you and I will ever do is point someone to a Savior who loves them, to a man, to a God who has died for them and offers them eternal rescue. Andrew goes and he finds his brother and he takes him by the hand and he brings him to Jesus and says, you've got to meet this guy who's made a difference in my life. You've got to meet this guy who showed me there's hope. You've got to meet this guy who showed me there's healing from my addictions. You've got to meet this guy who's, who's forgiven me for all of my dumb mistakes in life. You've got to meet him because he's done something incredible in my life. Come and see because he can do something incredible in your life too. That's the invitation. So I told you at the beginning that, that Andrew's name is mentioned three times in the New Testament, right? It's all in the Gospel of John. This is the first one. The second one, the second time Andrew's name is mentioned is in the miracle that a lot of us know as the feeding of the 5,000. You know this miracle? Jesus has done a lot of miracles. He's amassed a huge following. And so now thousands of people are following him and his disciples. And he sits the whole crowd down one day on a hillside. And he asks his disciples, hey, how are we going to feed all these people? And I was like, I don't have a clue. Well, I don't know. But we know the end of the story, right? Ultimately, Jesus takes a couple of pieces of fish. He takes a couple of pieces of bread. He breaks them, blesses them, multiplies them, shows his power over creation, and he feeds the entire crowd, right? Well, John tells us a detail that that the other ones leave out. John tells us that it was actually Andrew who brought the little boy with the lunch to Jesus. And he told Jesus, hey, I have no earthly idea what you can do with so little, but here's what we have to offer you. And I'm bringing it to you because I know you can do something. And you're the only one who can. So maybe for you, that's your step today. Maybe for you, your step today is simply putting your life before Jesus and saying, listen, I have no earthly idea what you can do with this broken mess. I have no earthly idea what you can do with this story. But I know you can do something. And so here it is. I'm laying it before you because I know you can. And listen. If we're willing to do that, then he can take our life. He can take our story. And through ordinary moments, insignificant, what feels like insignificant lives, God can do extraordinary things. Hey, let me pray. Lord, we come before you, God. I thank you for today. 
God, I thank you that we can rest in your hope, in your power, in your grace. God, I thank you that we don't have to bear the weight on our shoulders of this life. But even when the world has convinced us we are broken, we're insignificant, maybe we're even worthless. And that you speak the truth over us that we are loved and we are yours. God, I pray that you'll give us the boldness to pursue you in the everyday and the insignificant moments of life, trusting that, God, you're the only one who can and that you will do extraordinary things beyond anything we could ever think or imagine. All things we ask in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.